0: Rolling down the boulevard in the speed of Corvette Like a tail on a tornado ring the promise, a can sweat One hand on the glass pipe and The other on the wheel Devil riding shotgun Singing boy let's make a deal
1: this is Groundless, a Justified podcast. This is a podcast where we talk about just watch every episode of Justified and then come on here and talk about it. I'm Chris. That man is Randy.
2: I'm going to go back to poaching gators. Safer. It's
1: safer. That's, <laughs> it's safer. <laughs> and uh, we're joined today by our first guest that we've had on the, uh, the podcast, uh, a fellow named Travis. Travis, thanks for joining us.
3: Absolutely, I'm your first, huh? I bet it's been a yes, while
1: since fir- either of you have been able to say that. Yes, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was. Uh, unlike Raylan, I was an early bloomer. So I, uh, <laughs>
3: <laughs> I love that line. That is in this it's, episode, isn't it? Yeah, it, must it's, have been a late bloomer.
1: <laughs> such a great line. I love it. It is. <laughs> All right, well, we are here this week to talk about uh, Season 2, Episode 3, an episode called The Eye of the Storm, and the I is the letter I, not the Um, E-Y-E, and this originally aired February 23rd, 2011, so not, I mean, nine years ago now, nine and a half, almost ten years ago, I suppose. Uh, and we have a synopsis. Let's see. Dewey Crow returns and tries to score on a drug shipment, but the bus carrying the drugs is hijacked and he tries to impersonate Raylan Givens to get it back. Meanwhile, Boyd gets a proposition from some fellow coal miners. <clears throat> so... Um, Much like, you know, last week's episode, I think we saw was one of the lowest rated episodes of the season. This one gets a pretty high rating on IMDb. It's eight and a half out of ten. And uh, it's a good episode. There's a lot in here um, that happens that really kind of moves all of the pieces into place for
2: the rest of the season. Right. Sure. Absolutely. And it, and you, it, the episode really went by pretty quickly. But you're right; there there was a lot of stuff that happened that, uh, well, it 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 goes back to the main part of the you know the Boyd and and uh, and Raylan stuff, uh, which goes through the whole series. So yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it, it really does. And uh, so we've got written by Dave Uh Dave Andron's uh, wrote a couple of episodes. One of them, uh, Fathers and Sons, which is uh, was the. Uh, the penultimate episode of last season um, directed by Peter Werner, uh, who has also written a couple episodes, one of, or I'm sorry, who has also directed a couple episodes, one of them, uh, an episode called hatless and, um, and uh, and as we've been doing uh, every week, we're going to introduce a member of the Bennett clan, who's uh, one of our series, uh, our, our season series regulars, uh, guest stars. So this week, it's Doyle Bennett, who uh, plays a prominent role in this episode. His name's uh, Joseph Lyle Taylor. So he's a series regular on Sneaky Pete, um, which is a show that we've mentioned before on here and and uh, has a lot of uh, connections to the world of Justified. Um, he was in a movie called seven psychopaths, uh, and this is a movie that came out in 2012. Um, and, uh, it's, it's got Colin Farrell and Christopher Walken and Sam Rockwell and Tom Waits, um, and basically everybody under the sun, uh, Woody Harrelson's in this movie. Um, it's not a good movie, but I love Sam Rockwell. I think he's great in everything he's in, um. If you don't know, he's the guy who was in uh, *Confessions of a Dangerous Mind*, the the, um, the semi biographical movie about the game show host, game show host creator who was in uh, the CIA, who worked mm, for yeah. the uh, worked for the CIA, yep. um, and he's he's fantastic in that, and he's he's great in everything he's in. Uh, so I I, I love I, I love him, and I really like the movie seven psychopaths, even though it's not a particularly good movie. Um, a couple of other guest stars we've got, well, actually just one other guest star this week. We've got Michael Mosley who plays Kyle, uh, the minor. Um, he's a, uh, he's a regular on Ozark. um, and uh, that's another show that's got a lot of connections. Uh, and I don't remember we've talked about Ozark before. I think Randy, have you seen Ozark at all?
2: Yes, it's good. Uh, yeah. Good. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's a good series. Okay. It is. It's a and, good
3: show. I've watched it too. I, I I love it. And I'm remembering now. He plays the pastor. Does not on Ozark,
1: right? Okay. Yes. Uh, I yeah yeah. Okay. I, I, I yeah, didn't yeah. I didn't catch that, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I think. Okay, so great. So I Ozark is really near the top of the list on the shows I need to watch. So it's I need good. to make an effort to, to watch that. <clears throat> um, and then let's see here. We've also got, uh, he's a recurring, he had a recurring role on criminal minds uh, for the last two seasons, which is interesting. Cause I didn't even know that show was still on. Um, and it turns out he's got a, a, he's been in six episodes over, over the last two seasons as a recurring character. Um, I used to watch that show religiously.
2: Oh, really? I've never seen an episode of that. I I
3: have not either.
1: Yeah. Mandy Patinkin was on it at the beginning. And, uh, you know, it was really good. It was one of the kind of the darker shows on network TV Mm -hmm. um, because they were always, you know, chasing down some really, you know, messed up serial killer. And, uh, and so it was very entertaining from that perspective, but then it just got very repetitive as, as any, you know, procedural does. It got very repetitive. Yeah. So, well, there's you know,
2: only
1: somebody, Mandy Patinkin. Or somebody, Mandy Patinkin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I oh, thought yeah. in my yeah. mind, I
3: thought, okay, he's watching it because of a hot chick. And I just Googled. Mandy oh, Patinkin, and
2: I was very mistaken. <laughs> <Very> mistaken.
1: <laughs> Paget Brewster is also on
2: that show who I like. Quite a bit. Wait, is uh, that now? See, I, I get that confused with like either profiler or there's another show like that, right? Criminal. Is it Dane, criminal minds? And what's the other one? I don't know. There's like, there's, I don't, yeah, there's that, I don't
1: you, know, I, you know, that's what they make shows about, right? It's either cops or lawyers or firefighters. It's like,
2: yeah.
1: we're gonna make we're gonna make shows about all these <clears throat> lawyers seem to be on the uh, on the decline recently. <laughs> uh but uh but but cops and firefighters man they're still up there and uh he's he was a regular on fear the walking dead for two seasons and i i don't watch fear the walking dead but i assume that these were these were two seasons were in 2016 and 2017 so i assume that he became one of the walking dead after that uh a- after his run on that show ended which You know, probably a safe assumption. Anybody who was on that show and then not on that show is probably dead on that show. So and then uh, he was on uh, Scrubs, which is another show that gets a ton of really good press, but that I've never seen a single episode of. Have you guys ever watched Scrubs? No,
3: I have. Yeah, no, I've seen it, seen it two or three times. I've watched it two through two or three times. And basically, you just watch seasons one through eight, and you just ignore that ninth season, man. We just, we like to pretend that that ninth season never happened.
1: Oh, interesting. It's like the community <laughs> gas leak
3: season. It is. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even the Parks and Rec. I didn't like the last few episodes of Parks and Rec. I thought the last half no. of that season was just a, a dumpster fire. But I think I'm in the minority there. But Scrubs, it seems to be everyone's in, in agreement. Don't watch season nine. But, man. <laughs> the season eight finale. I've seen it three times, I think, and I'll cry to this day. I'll cry like oh, wow. during the season wow. eight finale. Yeah, it's a it's a good show. Very good show.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna check that out. Also, add that to the list. Maybe move it up the list. <laughs> but uh, but that's that's what we've got for uh, episode basics this week. So that means it's time to uh, take a little trip back to February 23rd, 2011, and put the uh, put the episode because you can't really appreciate art unless you put it in the uh, context of what was going on in the world at the time.
4: Are you telling me you built a time machine out of a DeLorean?
1: We did indeed. And uh, we're going to climb back uh, to 2011 and see that uh, the number one movie, we've got a new number one movie this week. It's a movie called Unknown. When I first saw this, so so when I was doing my research for this episode, I I looked it up and I said, Unknown. And I was like, uh, okay, am I supposed to research this somewhere else or what's going on? But luckily it was a link. So I clicked it and it got me to a Liam Neeson movie about him being in a coma and waking up with no memory. And so that's what unknown is about. I had no awareness that this movie was even a thing that existed.
3: So. <laughs> Did he, I'm going to take a stab in the in the dark here and say that after he woke from the coma, he kicked a lot of people's asses. I, I,
1: the, uh, the movie poster has him brandishing a firearm. So I there assume that that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Liam Neeson. He's nothing if not predictable.
1: Yeah. I do well, like he, that Liam Neeson went from being like a serious actor to like, all right, I'll do it. That's fine. Yeah. He
3: every <laughs> Albanian in the country. Yeah. Yeah. In the Taken movies.
2: Well, he went. Yeah, it's true. He went. He was in what? Schindler's List, was it? I mean, he was oh, like yeah. doing all yep. kinds of like stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, the, the Taken movies and then these other ones also, where he's uh, like an action star, which is. I guess that's okay, you know, like, but he's what pushing 60 or 70 now, right? Isn't that right?
1: Yeah, I think he has to be at least in the 60s, I would think. And so, yeah, well, and he had that tragedy where his his wife died after she hit her head on a ski trip, right? Mm, That's right. Yeah, yeah, she she hit her head and like a couple hours later, she was dead Um, like she was up and walking around and fine. And then she just keeled over because she had a brain bleed or whatever. So, and then, uh, on that happy note, we'll move on. Uh, uh, the number one top 40 song born this way by lady Gaga. I think we all know that one. And that, uh, I did not prepare a clip of that because I think we know it. So I'd say one, if you want to, <laughs> And then, uh, and then well, we've got a couple of news headlines before we get into the, uh, the, the main thrust of the episode here. We've got uh, the Libyan Civil War begins. Uh, that's Benghazi, for those who are unfamiliar. Um, Toyota recalls two million vehicles where there were accelerators getting trapped in floor mats. Uh, and basically, you know, the cars were accelerating uncontrollably. There was a big issue here in San Diego. Somebody... Wrecked one on the fifty-two or something, and like an entire family died. So they sued Toyota, and it was a it was in the news for months. I remember that. And then uh, the space shuttle Discovery embarks on its final mission, uh, and everybody returns safely. So that's good. And then uh, Rahm Emanuel was elected mayor of Chicago, uh, taking over that job uh, after his uh, his service with the uh, Obama administration. So. That's what we've got for our, uh, for our episode context, our historical context. It's good because we got a lot of uh, episode to get to this week. So let's uh, let's get right into it. Episode story and B stories. I've done the, done a little something new this week. So uh, I, I was inspired by another podcast that I listened to. So I'm going to read off my uh, my plot points here, and then we'll and then we'll kind of go through them. Uh, let's see. Uh, Boyd is in a literal and figurative hole. Uh, Winona Winona isn't sure Raylan is worth the personal toll. Uh, Dewey Crow thinks he can play a role. Ava wants Raylan to understand her goal, and Dicky and Coover, are lucky Doyle was on patrol. So
3: I like it. that's awesome. You like it? Good. I, I, I okay. Good. Well, there's there's one person. Yes. <laughs> Well, it you took know me a little what? while.
1: I had to get a rhyming dictionary. So, <laughs>
3: <laughs> thankfully, you know the old sound is pretty common in the English language. Yeah, 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 yeah. I
1: started off easy. Yeah,
2: I was going to say that uh, that it's funny that they mentioned the uh, the mining, like uh, that oh, yeah. the miner. <laughs> just for that whole thing from last week.
1: Well, they're really. They're really banging the whole, you know, uh, analogy over the head, right? Like yeah. Boyd's in a dark place. He's in a mine during yeah. the day de- or during the <laughs> evening. And then during the day, he drinks himself into an obli- oblivion. He's in a really dark place, w- whether he's in the mine or not in the mine. So yeah. <clears throat> they are really bashing us over the head with that kind of symbolism. So <laughs> I felt I needed
2: to acknowledge it. But with uh, the subtlety of that Cialis commercials. <laughs> yeah, we're just throwing the football through the yeah. tire.
1: <laughs> so, uh, all right. So we will go ahead and move on then into the episode. All right. So Boyd is uh, drinking alone in Audrey's when uh, Dewey walks in and joins him. And uh, they do a little reminiscing about old times. Like when uh, like when Dewey pointed or when Boyd pointed a gun at Dewey and chased him (laughs) off from church camp. And uh, and we get into our word of the week uh, really, really early in this episode.
4: You use your tongue prettier than a twenty dollar whore.
1: Because Boyd uses the word irony. And there's a couple of things about irony that uh, a couple of a couple of things about his use of the word irony that I think merit some discussion. But let's listen to the clip uh, very briefly here first.
4: Hey, boy. You mind? Not at all, Dewey Crow? I was surprised to see you in here. I thought you'd given up these poisons. Well, I had. But many things have changed since last we spoke. You mean when you pointed your gun at me? Well, the irony in that is that without me pointing my gun at you, you wouldn't be alive today. Dewey Crow. How you doing this fine afternoon? I'm good, Ellen Mae. Uh, and you? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid I, I got nothing for you right at this second, but uh, I'll be back real soon. I'm going to be flush. You ever
0: get it together, you know where to find me.
4: I'd be more than happy to contribute to the cause if you'd like. I don't need your charity, boy. I got things lined up. Or whatever puts a smile on your face, Don Crow. You no, know, boy. For a guy who supposedly changed, you sound an awful lot like you always did.
1: So, so a couple of things about like the substance of that. First of all, I cut about thirty seconds from the middle of that, where Dewey was paying for his uh, bourbon with change. Um, <laughs> it's it's hilarious but it's very visual and there's a little it was it was not it didn't translate well to the clip so so i went ahead and and cut that that out (laughs) it's currency ain't
2: it yeah exactly i love it and then he looks at boyd like what after he does it (laughs) speaking of context imagine him doing that even now like you know maybe even a month ago when coins were in shortage and then (laughs) no no he wouldn't get that look right because everybody wouldn't want the coins
1: yeah, the other the look he'd get though is that nobody would want to touch the coin.
2: Yeah, that's <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well, and where
3: can you go in America today where a shot of bourbon is only 350? Got up. Yeah. <laughs> <But
1: you're worried laughs> of I bet Audrey's it still is. <laughs> 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 but uh, so so there's a there's a, a couple of things that happen here, right? The first is that And to stake on the kind of the word of the week uh, point, Boyd says that it's uh, the irony is that if he hadn't pointed the gun at Dewey, Dewey would be dead. And so irony is uh, a noun. And in this sense, it's a state of affairs or an event that seems deliberately contrary to what one expects and is often amusing as a result. I don't think Boyd quite used irony correctly. This will be the first time I think that that Boyd, you know, uh, used a word a little bit uh, outside the context it was meant to be used in this. The, I think the the only argument here is if it's situational irony, and that is uh, the disparity of intention and results Right when the result of an action is contrary to the desired or expected effect. But. In order for that to be ironic, I think Boyd would have had to know that if he, when he pointed the gun at Dewey, that Dewey would have uh, otherwise died, and that, that was the way that he was saving his life was pointing the gun at him. So I'm not sure that uh, that irony actually applies here. I don't know what you guys think.
3: Well, can I just say that as an yeah. agent teacher that I am, that yeah. I am, I am immensely proud of you for using situational irony correctly. Can you tell me the other two kinds of irony? <laughs> <laughs> Without. I can,
1: but only because I only because <laughs> I looked it up. So <laughs> <started>. <laughs> I don't know off the top of my head. I'd have to go back to the. Verbal
3: uh, irony, which is sarcasm, essentially, and then there's dramatic irony, which is where the audience knows what's happening, but the character on the screen or in the play doesn't. So situational irony, I agree with you, is what he's going for here, and I, I also agree with you. It is not ironic. It is a uh, it's a coincidence more than anything. Yes. So. Yep. Yeah, exactly.
1: And and but but I did find some irony in the scene. And the irony I found in the scene was that uh, Ellen May uh, offers Dewey uh, to take him back to her trailer. And Dewey doesn't have the money to pay the hooker to go back there with her. Boyd offers to buy him the hooker. <laughs> the last time we saw Boyd and Dewey, he had kicked him out of church camp for uh, onanism, if we remember correctly. (laughs) So I would argue that kicking, that that offering to buy someone a hooker after kicking them out of church camp for onanism is ironic, actually, in fact. (laughs)
2: That's it, yeah. (laughs) You brought that all the way around back. It came all (laughs) the way around.
3: (laughs) Well, and then what he ends that by saying for a man who's supposedly changed, you sound an awful lot like, you know, the same old boy. That's kind of... I thought the same thing, whatever, you know, just that sort of depressed, you know, which obviously we know what caused that. But man, yeah, he did sound a lot a lot the same as he did last season.
1: Yes. And that's that's as we move off of the kind of the bit that we do onto the actual substance of the show. That's that's a really fantastic point. That's one that I had I had noted here as well, which is. Dewey's right. Right. You know, Dewey, Dewey's an idiot and we all know that Dewey's an idiot, but he's got Boyd pegged. He knows he can see that there's still old Boyd in there. Right. Even, even through the veneer of alcohol and depression and, you know, being a, a man without a, a lodestone or any type of, of guiding anything in his life. He, uh,
2: he knows that the old Boyd is still in there. Do you think that that's what the drinking is? I mean, it, it you know people drink for because they have that conflict, or you know people go to drugs or do whatever to uh, to maybe mask what they're uh, trying to hide or uh, trying to do something to uh, I don't know, just to cover the uh, the the feelings that they have. I I think that's a huge part
1: of it. I think that there's also kind of a the theme that I managed to extract from this episode is that the past doesn't go away just because you want it to go away. And Boyd is struggling right now with Al, his entire past, everything he's done up to this point, he can't get away from it no matter what he does. And, and there's, there's uh, you know, I counted four times where the guy was trying to drink alone, trying to forget essentially, and his past, you know, literally, figuratively, however you want to say it, came and interrupted him. And mm-hmm. he got interrupted twice by Dewey. He got interrupted by Raylan and he got interrupted by uh, uh, is it is it Carl or Kyle? The minor guy. Oh, I think it's what Kyle
3: Kyle, because Carl was the Kyle was the other dude. Yeah. 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 yeah, Carl yeah.
1: yeah. So it's Kyle. So Kyle, uh, Kyle interrupted him the, the last time. And at the end, he even makes that comment of what does a guy have to do to get a quiet drink in this town? Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that's what exactly what it is. I think it's a, a bigger theme of you can't make the past go away. You can't, fl- all of the things that you have done up to this point are part of who you are and you can't run from it. Um, and, uh, and Boyd's trying as hard as he can to run from it (laughs) and failing miserably at every opportunity through no fault of his own, right? These people are seeking him out. He's not deliberately
2: intervening in what they're doing. And he did get a freebie at the beginning of the season, right? He he wasn't going to go after the cartel, you know, to avenge his his family Um, and the cartels supposedly were supposed to leave him alone. And I guess they really did. I mean, um yeah i yeah. mean that uh, that's yeah. that's what i was thinking
1: and 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 you know uh, unfortunately an oxybus got robbed in in harlan county and and the uh <laughs> the uh, the mo looks a bit like something boyd would have been involved in so that element of his past comes back and dewey was involved in that and that's an element of his past and and then this kyle guy has saw all of the uh, the legendary stuff that he's done, and that's an element of his past that he just can't let go of. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so so we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go through the episode. But we go from there to uh, Raylan and Winona, and uh, R- Raylan and Winona are at a at a country bar uh, that's that's what fifty miles outside of Lexington. Uh, they're there to see a guy named Dave Alvin, who's a real guy. I looked it up. Uh, I, I'd, I'd never heard of Dave Al, Dave Alvin before, but he's a real guy. He has about 15 albums out there. He's hit, uh, 60 and 41 on the country charts with singles. So he's, uh, you know, he's a relatively successful musician and, and, and that was the real guy. The guy in the, uh, uh, in the show was actually Dave Alvin. And I think they used two of his songs. They used the one at the beginning and then the, the one at the end with, uh, Boyd. Giving uh, Kyle the uh, open window, headlocked car ride. (laughs) The e-ticket ride. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, so so basically this conversation with Winona and Raylan boils down to uh, another theme that I kind of identified in this episode, which is a little bit of uh, uh, mistaken intent or or not understanding when you're talking to someone uh, what they mean when they talk to you. And, uh, Raylan has figured out that Winona only wants to spend time with him when they're not going to be seen by somebody else. And Raylan says, Hey, you know, why does it matter if you're getting divorced from Gary? And he's like, wait, you're getting divorced from Gary, right? (laughs) She says, well, she says, "If, if, if I thought you and I could actually be happy together. It would be kind of a no-brainer decision for her. But she's been agonizing over this decision. And that, that line of, if I thought you and I could actually be happy together, is just cutting. And you can see Raylan, I mean, and, and, and Tim Oliphant does a great job here with the facial reactions, the facial acting, because, I mean, he's just devastated by that. By that, And he's like, well, wait a minute. What are we doing if we're not you know, going to be together? And she just wants to have fun. So she's keeping her options open. And, uh, you know, Winona is the worst. We've talked about that before, but man, she's amazingly hot. So. Amen. Well, and what is the a woman? A
3: woman's like a monkey. She never lets go of one branch before she has her hand on another
2: one. That's
3: right. That's right. <laughs> so right now, she's think... out there feeling branches. That's all she's doing.
1: I think I may have heard you use that phrase once or twice,
2: Randy. <laughs> At least once on this podcast. I know I've used it all
1: <laughs> but if you so, think, if yeah, you think about
2: it, though, I mean, the problem with Winona is that she's just – it does. It makes her awful, really. In, 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 I understand where she's coming from, but I can understand why Raylan I, – I, if somebody who that's the the woman like I said before on one of the other episodes, somebody who says her relationship is, status is is uh, is uh, to be determined, or yeah, or, yeah it's it's, it's like uh, yeah, is that somebody you want to get involved with in a long term relationship? Yeah, I mean, yes, exactly. I don't yeah, know. she's not she's not exactly the
1: uh, yeah. I mean, we know because she cheated on Raylan with Gary. Yeah. We know she's not exactly the faithful type, and she is the type to, you know, kind of go where the winds take her. And right yeah. now the winds are taking her to, you know, a, a roadhouse 50 miles outside of Lexington with Raylan. But who knows what well, they'll be taking her tomorrow.
2: Hush, so. hush, under, under cover of darkness or right. <laughs> what, be discreet. So,
1: <clears throat> And then uh, uh, the camera pans away and we see Tim is there also. And uh, Raylan, you know, wants to poke, poke at Winona a little bit. So he says, oh, we should invite him over. Let's have fun. You said you want to have fun. Let's have fun and invite him over. And uh, Winona basically says, no, either you're giving me your keys uh, or you're leaving with me. One of the two. And and so they uh, they leave. But uh, in one of the first times I think they've ever done this and justified, we then get a little bit of a musical transition. Uh, to Dewey Crow on the bus. And it's the same song that plays when they're in the roadhouse, plays over into Dewey Crow. And I actually liked it. I thought it was a really good move on the director's part to to do that. But uh, Dickie, or uh, Dickie, Dewey, uh, this is going to be a problem for me for the rest of the season, I promise you. Um, Dewey and Dickie, and and then next season too, it's going to happen. Dewey uh, is on a church bus, on his way into Harlan, and and it, it, they do the transition right as the uh, right as uh, Dave Alvin sings something about the Harlan County line crossing the Harlan County line. They do the transition of the bus riding in. You know, it's 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 really really well done. And so, uh, um, turns out this is an Oxy bus, and I guess what happens is they load these people up with fake prescriptions. They go down to Florida where they don't keep track of uh, Oxy. And they get as much as they can, and then they bring it all back on the bus. And these patients, quote unquote, get paid uh, 200 bucks to do the run, and they get to go to Florida for the day. So um, that bus gets robbed by two guys uh, who used to be in Boyd Crowder's commando gang. And one uh, one of the guys who was there running the Oxy bus ends up dead. Uh, with that and they, the, the two commandos make off with the oxy and leave Dewey Crow behind and, uh, we get to the, get to the credits. So a lot happens before the credits in this episode, a lot setting it up. And like I said, there's a lot, there's so much to this episode. I had almost three pages of notes on this with the first time in a, in a long time, I've had so many notes, but, but basically we then go to, uh, Tim, Art and Raylan, and they're wrapping up the uh, the last bit of business from the last episode, and I've got a clip of that because it's our Kentucky Fried Wisdom moment of the week.
2: Say, boy, you cover. I say you cover about as much as a flapper skirt
0: in a high wind. Pay- I say, pay attention, boy. Look at me when I'm talking to you. Son. Look, sister, is any of this filtering through that little blue bonnet of
1: yours? Pay attention, son. Look at me when I'm talking to you. And, and Art's, uh, Art, Art's debriefing uh, uh, Raylan and Tim a little bit and uh, asks Tim if he truly understands the consequences of his actions. And Tim gives a uh, classic response here.
0: Well, I thought you both might want to know. AUSA has determined that the shooting of Jess Timmons was good.
4: No surprise there.
0: Hell of a shot.
4: Did you consider what might have happened if you'd missed? Can't carry two. I don't know how to shoot a basketball, and my handwriting is uh,
1: barely legible, but I don't miss. Just the way he delivers the word miss, like, a, like it like tastes bad in his mouth when it's coming out, it's awesome.
3: Top five <laughs> lines for me for the whole series. I, I, oh, really? Okay. I watch it, yeah. Every time I watch it, I tweet that line. You know, I watch it every summer. I watch this series every summer when I go on summer break from school, and I usually— you know finish it in about three or four weeks and uh this line yeah gives me shivers whenever i hear it just fantastic
1: yeah yeah and and tim's delivery is good tim you know tim is one of the best actors on the show Amen. uh and uh and he you know he gets precious little screen time but but he's uh he is awesome in every scene he's in and i've i've said it before on on this podcast that if you're watching an episode and Tim's in the background, watch what Tim is doing because he's killing it in the background.
3: I so. would watch a spin, I would watch a Tim spinoff in a heartbeat.
1: In a I would I, I would love a uh, I think uh, Randy I think I've talked to you about this a Tim and a Win Duffy
2: road trip spinoff. <laughs> yep, <laughs> taking off in his RV in Win Duffy's yep. RV in the Winnebago. Yeah, that would be fantastic.
1: Uh, so
2: do, uh do you think oh, it's ahead, strange right that art would ask Raylan about uh, tim's mind uh or well-being i guess you I, I guess you would anyway a standard procedure after shooting somebody but do, do you, well, you think is, that
1: yeah I, I i i thought it was a little odd that he was asking Raylan of all people but well, the whole conversation again and this is the second time so far this this uh, episode that we've had this kind of conversation where each party doesn't really know what the other party is talking about. Um, And, uh, and, and there's that great, great moment between Raylan and art where art says, uh, is that going to be a problem? And he's like, what do you mean? And he nods at Tim and Raylan, of course, immediately, you know, because Raylan is very, Raylan is very focused on himself uh immediately thinks oh shit it's about me and winona tim tim told art saws and uh it, the reality is he's asking about tim's mental health and and as art i think puts it he says you've you know he he just shot a guy you you shot guys so i figured you know you might be able to to know if something's wrong with him and Raylan, of course is like oh no he's fine <laughs> It's, he could, uh, we know that of all things, Tim is T- fine is not one of them, <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's not because he shot this guy just now. <laughs> it's because of everything that's led up to this point.
3: Well, he'll okay. to that later on, doesn't he? Or maybe it was earlier where he says, you know, I should not have been killing people in the desert or something like that at
1: the age. Yeah. He said, I, sh- I probably shouldn't yeah. have been oh, shooting right. Taliban at 23 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. 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 That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely the case. And so, Uh, yeah, I was thinking
3: uh, for Rachel. Go ahead, Randy. Doesn't he? Like he he says uh, whenever you know later on Rachel.
1: uh, Oh yeah, yeah. Actually, it's
2: the next episode. In it's the next episode, in fact.
3: Yeah, (laughs) he checks with he checks with Raylan about Rachel. But I'm sorry for interrupting, Randy.
2: No. Oh, no, no. I, I, I was just going to say, I, I remember the conversation in a previous episode where they were sitting in the car uh, staking out the, the uh, mobile home, the, the trailer, and there was a conversation. We never got the answer to, oh, did you ever hesitate when it came time to pull the trigger? They kind of ended that conversation there where, where he was talking about staking out, surveilling this guy, and – Well, Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, and then they were talking about how how uh, wrong how answer, Randy. <laughs> yeah, I know. Did I get <laughs> buzzed. <What happened> there? <laughs> but do you guys know what I'm talking about? That that episode yeah. where where and they never answered that question. Up and uh, and I guess we we find out now uh, a little bit of the answer to that question. Yeah. Um, oh, did you ever uh, hesitate? At the very least.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It
2: doesn't seem like Tim's a guy who hesitates. No, no, no. Uh, good on him, I guess. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, that's what they pay him to do, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: So. Um, so anyway, so Art tells Raylan about the Oxybus hijacking in that same episode, and they and it kind of dawns on Raylan. Oh shit! This could be this could be Boyd who done who did this. So I better go better go look into it. And uh, Trooper Tom Bergen is the uh, the guy who. Include them in on on what happened here but uh in the meantime art's been trying to figure out uh what raylan's got going on that he's trying to keep a secret and it dawns on him when he's in the elevator about to go down and i have a clip of that because art is just giddy about it and uh it makes me laugh every time i hear it so i'm gonna play that
0: holy shit wait a minute i got it winona You were out with Winona. (laughs) Oh, shit. I thought sleeping with a witness was stupid. Hey,
4: it ain't like that.
0: I really would like to know what it is like.
4: And I'd love to tell you, but right now my presence is needed in (laughs) Harlem.
0: You're a thrill a minute, Raylan. We need to sell tickets.
1: <laughs> I, I love you. Were out with Winona. <laughs> <laughs> his, the way his voice goes up like yeah. he's in grade school. It's awesome. <laughs> and then, and then the line the line that, that always sells this for me is when he looks at him deadly serious and goes, I really would like to know what it is like. <laughs> Wouldn't we all, my friend? Wouldn't we all? Art is all of us. <clears throat> So, uh, (laughs) so that's a great moment. And, uh, and then we get, uh, we get a scene with Boyd and this guy, Kyle at the mine. And it's this lousy kind of setup where the, one of Kyle's, you know, Confederates pretends to bully Boyd and Kyle comes in and saves the day <laughs> and like and Boyd's like, what, what the hell is going on here, guys? I don't want anything to do with either one of you. <laughs> and he's just going to go and drink alone. But it's it's clear from this point that uh, that these guys are trying to recruit Boyd for something. We're not sure exactly what it is yet. Um, and from there we end up with, uh, Trooper Tom and, uh, Doyle Bennett and Raylan at, uh, at the site of the bus hijacking. And, and I noted, I wanted to note something on Trooper Tom. The dude walks with so much swagger. Have you, uh, he, yeah, he is. I, I, at first I thought maybe he was wearing these cowboy boots that weren't, that didn't fit him or whatever, but he's actually not wearing boots at all. And, and he is just, I mean, shoulders back. Like he's walking like Elvis walks out on stage. I mean, he's he's fantastic. I, I love Trooper Tom. I, I love the character. I think the actor who plays them is great. And uh, I'm glad for every episode that has Trooper Tom in it.
2: Well, I think it's good that he, he does. He, he fits that um, not a caricature, but he fits this the stereotype of what you want a lawman to be. Somebody who is uh, he comes across as a straight arrow. Doesn't have any, you know. He doesn't. Uh, he's not like Raylan, where he has <laughs> this whole complicated stuff going around him. It's just he's there, and and he uh, he like I said, he's just somebody who you want uh, a lawman to be. At least yeah, that, that, he's that there. Thing. He's there
1: to do his job. He's a straight shooter. Sorry, go ahead, Travis.
3: Yeah, well, no, I'm just going to say Tom Burgeon or Burgon or however you say his last name is one of those guys that you you definitely don't want to be pulled over by him because you're probably going to get a ticket. But That's five, exactly, <laughs> if you're in trouble, you want him coming your way. <laughs> so yeah. you don't want him pulling you over, but you do want him. You know, when your house is getting broken into, for sure.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. That's a great way to describe it. It's absolutely the case. So uh we learn in this little bit of conversation when Doyle Bennett rolls up and uh, you know, insinuates himself into the situation <laughs> that uh he takes great pleasure in explaining to Raylan that Boyd has uh shacked up, quote unquote, with Ava. Um and uh Raylan has a uh, an interesting reaction to that a little bit of a, a smirk he doesn't really give away you know what he's thinking inside to uh, to Doyle Bennett at that time because he knows that Doyle is not to be trusted but uh we we go from there to uh to Ava's house in fact and uh, uh instead of Raylan we get Dewey Crow showing up at uh at Ava's house and he's looking for Boyd and uh he forgets to put the car in park oh, which gosh, <laughs> is, is so dewy crow and uh a little bit of an allusion to uh him forgetting to put a car in park in a later season as well uh because this isn't the only time this happens uh next time it has more severe consequences but uh um yeah and then uh we Dewey Dewey essentially thinks that Boyd had his commando guys rob the bus, which if I were him and I had just had the conversation I had with Boyd at Audrey's where he's drinking and offering to pay for my hooker and everything else, I would think, okay, he says he's not back in crime, but this feels an awful lot like something Boyd Crowder would do. Um, and so he... Accuses Boyd of, of doing this and tells him, look, it's it's rock hard times for Dewey Crow. You got to you got to cut me in on this or else uh, or else I'm I'm, you know, it's going to be trouble. And uh, Boyd makes it very clear to Dewey that he had nothing to do with it. And uh, so Dewey decides that he's going to go rob the robbers and uh, get those pills because we all know that Dewey Crow is an exceptional criminal,
3: a strategical genius.
2: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and and well, boy, it makes you wonder exactly how the the Crowder Commandos exactly the talent level as far as uh, you know who he was recruiting as far as to be uh, part yeah. of this gang. They're not. Yeah. Up. I
1: mean, we've seen some of that, right? We saw some of those guys. They were, they're, they're empty, you know, tattoo suits, right? They're, they're, they're useless. They're, they're muscle. They're thugs. Well, no, um, well, was the,
3: Yeah. Dewey was the Velveeta guy. Out of all that stupidity, they had <laughs> going to get the Velveeta. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They were out of Velveeta. That's right. For the first time. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yep. And so, yeah, and so Boyd was the brains of that operation to the extent that there were any brains and Boyd, you know, is a smart guy. So, at least street smart and he's well read. So, he uh, he was able to keep that Keep a lid on things and keep it under control. But I would imagine that, you know, when the commandos broke up, when, you know, half of Harlan County got killed by Bo Crowder in the woods because they were working for Boyd, I would imagine that the people who weren't caught up in that and there's now this power vacuum in Harlan have kind of it's been pretty chaotic, I would guess. And uh, there's not a lot of brains in any operations, as evidenced by these morons who steal all those pills and then go back to their house and get high. Uh, And but who knows what they were going to do, right? Like, I have no idea if they were planning to sell all those pills or if they were just going to do them all or what. But uh, but yeah, I I, I think I mean, we, we find out later that they were they were working for the Bennett's. But were they actually going to give them the pills? I'm not sure they were. <laughs> so, but uh, but uh, so so Dewey takes off, uh, presumably to go rob the uh, the robbers. And not long after, Raylan rolls up. He's looking for Boyd. Boyd's already gone to work. Um, but uh, Ava wants to take the opportunity to explain to him why Boyd is living there, and she does it about three inches from his face. right up in his right up in his face playing with his tie like being the super seductive ava that she was you know uh last season and raylan is clearly enjoying it but also somewhat uncomfortable at the same time and uh you know goes out of her way in fact you know like Raylan, when he shows up, says, hey, I'm not here to talk about why Boyd's living here. I'm here to talk to Boyd. I just need to talk to him. And uh, and Ava says, no, no, let me explain. I want you to hear why Boyd's living here. I want to make it clear to you so you know. Um, And and Raylan falls right into the trap that she set for him. and uh and then she also tells him that he can go find boyd at audrey's which is the uh the whorehouse slash bar that he was in in the first scene with dewey and uh that we see we've seen a couple of other times earlier in this series and that we see a lot of uh over the next several seasons of the show and she also says hey you probably lost your virginity there um uh, which we find out later is actually true or seemingly true at least um Raylan doesn't doesn't say no that's not the case so um Dewey uh Dewey though goes to the convenience store uh and he's looking for a ski mask um and as the uh as the gentleman running the convenience store points out, this is Kentucky, son. Why do you need a ski mask?
3: Oh um, what are you, the and, ski
1: mask police? Yeah, I love. I love. <laughs> he's like, I thought this was America. Oh, yeah, you yeah. ski mask <laughs> anymore?
2: Uh, oh. Like Randy on South Park. With it, yeah, like, no, that's exactly yeah. right. <laughs>
1: And if I had thought ahead, I should have thought of that. I would have put a clip <laughs> together, but I, I didn't. I have, I have a clip later on with Dewey, but, uh, but I, don't have, I don't have that one. But, but uh, So he's looking for a ski mask or a hockey mask or something, something to cover his face. And uh, the shopkeeper knows immediately what's going on and tells him, you know, we close in two minutes. So you can buy whatever you see that, uh, that you can buy in two minutes and then get the hell out of here. Um, and Dewey being the super genius that he is Wily Coyote that he is, he, uh, sees a white hat hanging on the uh, wall and says, you know what, what I'm going to do is, uh, I'm going to pretend to be Raylan <laughs> and, uh, get this white hat. So he, uh, he, he buys the white hat and, uh, goes back to the, uh, the drug dealers or the drug robbers house, And busts in, shooting up the place, just randomly firing his gun everywhere, lots of bullets, um, and uh, steals the pills, shouting the entire time over and over again that, I'm Federal Marshal Raylan Givens. (laughs) Yeah. Don't forget to come looking for me later. I'm Federal Marshal Raylan Givens. And it's so great. It reminds me of, like, you know when there's a uh, celebrity in a commercial and somebody and 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 they want to make sure that you know that it's a celebrity that's in the commercial, <laughs> and, the, and the person in the commercial is like LeBron James. Why are you here, <laughs> or or whatever?
2: That's yeah. what it felt like when Dewey breaks into that house, like <laughs> Raylan Givens. Raylan Givens. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. When somebody makes a, ca- a cameo on a, a TV show or something
4: like
3: mm-hmm. that, like uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 It doesn't. He very. Cause he says outlaws to ain't it or something like that, which is what
1: <laughs> Ray. Yeah, no, he's, he's playing the character of Raylan Givens and <laughs> quoting him using his lines. And what gives him away at the end of it all is when he says, go back to potion gators. It's safer. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what gives them away and makes Raylan sure that it was Dewey Crow who did it at the end of the, at the end of the day. Uh, and, and again, yeah, just straight up stolen lines from, uh, (laughs) from, from Raylan. It's, it's really quite, quite, it's a funny scene. Um, and it's very violent, uh, but, but it's, but it is quite funny at the same time. Uh, in between, those scenes, uh, Boyd and uh, Raylan have a little bit of a visit at Audrey's. Um, and uh, I have a clip of that, in fact, because Boyd wants to or Raylan wants to ask Boyd if he had anything to do with the oxy getting robbed.
4: Back in Audrey's. Made like I'm 13 again. Late blubber, huh? Is it just me or is the presence of a U.S. Marshal made these folks uneasy? Well, maybe it's just your hat. No. I don't suppose you being here is a coincidence. Hey, where's Dewey? Is he here too? Oh, well, why would I know where Dewey is? Well, I heard you guys have been hanging out again. Ava told you that. Yeah. I gotta admit took me by surprise, you and her shacking up. Uh, that's not what you think. She told me if you looked at her funny, she'd kick you out. Well, maybe it is what you think. Your reason for being here would be... It's to ask you if um, you had anything to do with that foxy uh, bus getting <sighs> jacked on um, Glen Holly Road. Now, why, considering the context of our last conversation, would you come here and ask me about that? I thought I made myself fairly clear... About my intentions. Simple question, yes or no. True, but the real question is whether or not you will believe my answer. Well, well give it a shot. We'll see. <laughs> no, Raylan. Really. I had nothing to do with that bus being robbed.
1: Okay. It goes on for another minute or so after that. But basically, it's Raylan telling him, well, if you do know anything about it or, you know, and you don't want blood on your hands, then you should probably call me and tell me about it. But it's a great the 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 reaction that Boyd has when Raylan says, well, give it a try and see what happens. Basically, like, I don't know if I'll believe you or not, but maybe I will. And uh, the way he laughs is uh, it's very genuine. I almost feel like they left in. Or they they chose to use a uh, a clip where the laughing was more genuine because something else happened, um, and uh, it just fit really well with that uh, with, with that that dialogue um, because it felt so genuine, like it 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 didn't feel like it was at all acted or forced in any way. All right. Well, after that. Uh, Raylan uh goes to visit Doyle because Doyle has a witness to the uh the Dewey Crow robbery and uh the witness believes that Raylan Givens for some reason was involved in uh in robbing the uh the Oxy robbers and um there's this little conversation between Doyle and Raylan, which is now the third conversation in this episode, where one person has no idea what the other one's talking about. Um, and uh, and and we get a little view into who Doyle Bennett might really be.
0: You see, I saw this guy come in and rob these boys of the pills. That's right.
4: Well, she did. A good look at him. Yeah, she did.
0: Well? Raylan, you and I go back a long way. Mm-hmm. grew up around here together. Our families, they both had their issues with the law. And despite that criminal element, both of us come lawmen. I'm sorry, what are we talking about? I got to thinking, well, maybe Raylan isn't the man I always thought he was. Hell, maybe Raylan isn't the man everybody thinks he is. Was that supposed to be an answer? Sometimes a man does the thing. Uh, and certain folks, they might see that thing as something wrong. Others, they might embrace that. Hell, I mean, they might even be in a position to help that man out, providing that favor gets returned later on. Are you speaking Martian, Doyle? Because I swear I know I you, don't. you took them pills, Raylan. I did what now? See i in there? She's seen the whole thing. She said, Marshal Raylan Gibbons busted in there, had all, and stole them pills at gunpoint. Well, then, I guess you got me, Doyle. I do. Christ <laughs> sakes. What was that shit you were saying? What shit? How about you think you know a man, but don't? I'm just feeling you out, pal, just making sure. Is that what that was? Like the way one drug user tries to see if a man he just met is carrying, something like that? That's how you see.
1: Again, I cut a little bit in the middle there with the uh, with the witness. <clears throat> oh yeah, that but, there was uh, that
2: funny moment with that witness
1: where <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it was entirely smitten with Raylan. by yeah. the way. <laughs> a, a huge fan of Raylan. <laughs> Lord, no, he didn't look like you. <laughs> And Raylan, you know, just keeps slamming the door in her face. <laughs> so soon as she confirms it wasn't him, uh, but uh, yeah, we get a little bit of insight into uh, Doyle's character here. Very much a, if you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. If I knew you were a criminal this whole time, we could have been working together instead of uh, you know per- playing pretend cops like we're like we're doing. And, uh, you know, Raylan doesn't figure it out until after he realizes, oh, he thinks I stole the pills. <laughs> and then it all sort of dawns on him like, oh, that's what he was trying to do. So. Uh, so, yeah. Now, if, if Raylan wasn't suspicious of Doyle before, he's very suspicious of Doyle now from this point on.
2: As he should be.
1: Yes. And we see that play out again over as the season continues. We, we know, but, um, the witness essentially identifies Dewey to Raylan. Um, she, uh, she identifies him by use of his, of his phrase, the go back to poaching gators. It's safer. Um, that, uh, that gives him away and uh, Raylan immediately knows, uh, to look for Dewey crow. The good news is that, uh, it's not going to be hard to find Dewey crow because he decided he wants to be hillbilly King. He's and, flush. Uh, yes. He's flush. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> and pass out oxy at, uh, Audrey's like it's going out of style and, uh, and get a nice little, uh, three-way party going on with, uh, with two of the girls. And, uh, he, he comes in, he tells Ellen may to get a friend and she asks him, uh, uh, light or dark (laughs) and which works on a couple of layers. First of all, (laughs) because Dewey is completely caught off guard by a question. You know, he's, he's in celebration mode. Like, uh, I, yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's do this. I'm partying. And he he can't wait to tell Boyd his story. And, and any question he's being asked is getting in the way of him telling Boyd his story. (laughs) But, uh, but so that's the first thing. The second thing is that, uh, you're asking a guy with a Heil Hitler tattoo on his neck, light or yeah, dark. Yeah, yeah. So that probably <laughs> threw him off a little bit. And but 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 I don't expect that they have any uh uh women of color working at Audrey. No. <laughs> <No. laughs> <laughs> there there may not be any in Harlan county well actually that's not true we do we do know there are some in har I, I, in
2: in uh, noble's hall or at
1: least we know that
2: but that and uh pastor fandy's congregation i think or that's yeah thing. but he was
1: he was in lexington
2: so oh that's true that's right
1: yeah, yeah. But uh, but anyway, so uh, so she clarifies that she means hair and he says, oh, whatever's fine. And, <laughs> uh, and, and, and because he's run, he's practically running to Boyd's table where Boyd, again, is trying to enjoy a pre-work, pre-work cocktail. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly what you want. with yeah. Explosives. Yeah. Right?
3: <laughs> Some explosives. That's right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's, that's exactly right that's what I, I thought the same thing like oh okay gotta get uh, juiced up and, and blow some shit up that works <laughs> so uh yeah, nobody's nobody's counting on me being safe to do this forget about driving um so so Dewey tells him the whole story, regales him with his tale of how he impersonated uh, uh, Raylan Givens when he robbed the robbers. And Boyd, of course, immediately sees the folly in what Dewey has done and says, you just need to get out of town. Drive until you get to the Everglades. Don't stop until you get there because... Everyone in the world is going to be looking for you. Raylan's going to be looking for you. The guys you robbed are going to be looking for you. The guys they robbed are going to be looking for you. Whoever they work for is going to be looking for you. Uh, yeah, you you need to get out of town. Oh, and by the way, now that you're passing out Oxy at Audrey's like it's candy, uh, every two-bit criminal scumbag in Harlan County is going to be looking for you because you're an easy mark to steal the, uh, the Oxy back from. So, yeah, Boyd just wants Dewey to leave town and uh, Dewey is hearing none of it because he is in Hillbilly. He is Hillbilly King right now, and he is going to party with two hookers and a trailer and everybody's going to get high on Oxy and and, and party. What was that? Sorry, Travis. Living the dream. Live in the dream, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I have, uh, I have a, a little clip here. So, so after uh, after Boyd leaves, he calls it into Raylan, uh, and he's definitely conflicted by this, right? He's never, he never thought he would be making a an informant call to the cops, and Raylan makes him feel a little better by it, saying, "Hey, I already know it's Dewey," and uh, Boyd says, "Oh, okay. Well, he's at Audrey's, and and Raylan, I I think assumed as much, but." But uh, it was nice of Boyd to, to drop that information. And and it shows you how much Boyd doesn't want Dewey's blood on his hands. He doesn't want any more violence. He doesn't want any more death. He's very sincere about that. And um, <clears throat> uh, Dewey, on the other hand, is in a trailer with the girls and. Um, and and there's a little I, I put together a little a little mashup clip here of uh, of Dewey and, and, a, and a movie that I enjoy a lot, um, and uh, we'll play that here.
0: That was just about the best thing I ever laid eyes on. <laughs> I
4: always knew you'd be a good time, Deputy Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's gonna be good time from here on in. I <laughs> hey, want you to kiss a little more so I can watch. What would you do if you had a million dollars? I tell you what I do, man. <laughs> Two chicks at the same time, man. <laughs> I'm
3: sorry, Barbara. <laughs> You may have to play it again.
1: <laughs> no, no, you're good. I love, I love the laughing in the background. I think that's fantastic. I'm happy that someone else appreciates that as much as I appreciate it because I laughed for five minutes when I when I thought of it. So. I
3: think the kind of chicks who would double down on a dude like me would. That's
1: that's exactly right. Uh, <laughs> Those ones are going to be attracted to money. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> I just love Dewey's line of, "Why don't you two kiss a little more so as I can watch."
3: Watch. <laughs> oh, God. Mm-hmm.
1: So... Thank you, uh, Diedrich Bader, Office Space. Uh, great, great movie. If you haven't seen it, go watch that movie. That's Immediately. Movie. Turn, yeah. turn us off right now and go watch yep. that movie. <laughs> uh, so Raylan busts in and breaks up the party and uh, tells Dewey he found the pills in the car while Dewey's getting dressed. He asked for five more minutes, by the way, <laughs> before Raylan hauls him away. As you uh, would. <laughs> yeah, of course. Right. Why wouldn't you? You're, you're yeah, you're you're living the dream right now. So you might as well see if you can get it to, to last a little longer. Uh, he uh, he again does a very smart Dewey Crow thing where he says, well, you deputized me. Remember, I got those pills for you. I seized them on your behalf. <laughs> and, uh, and Raylan's like, oh yeah, when were you planning on giving them to me <laughs> after you passed them all out here? Mm-hmm. So uh <clears throat> but at the same time, again, as I mentioned, everybody knows Dewey Crows at Audrey's because the guys he robbed roll up and start shooting as soon as Raylan identifies <laughs> himself. Which again, much like Dewey assuming that Boyd robbed the bus. Totally fair on on the part of the guys shooting at Raylan because, you know, we're not going to fall for that trick again. I think is what they would say or what they said. They did say that. (laughs) And so uh, and right behind them, you have Doyle Bennett and Doyle Bennett rolls up. Uh, and uh, at questions them out of uh, Raylan's earshot and finds out that, oh, wait, Dickie hired these guys to rob the Oxybus from the Dixie Mafia. And uh, so Doyle executes them to uh, to keep the secret because he doesn't want anyone finding out that uh, Dickie, Dickie and Coover are behind it. And uh, then he goes and really gives it to Dickie and Coover, who are in... I don't know if it's their vacation home or what it is, but it's certainly not the uh, it's certainly not the palace that they were in, that they were shooting their rats in, in uh, the first episode of this season. It's a trailer parked out in the middle of God knows where <laughs> that apparently smells like pot and piss. So um, they have a little conversation outside and we find out that uh, Dickie and Coover aren't afraid of the Dixon Mafia at all. Uh, the Frankfurt boys, as they call them. But uh, they are afraid of Mags. Everybody's afraid of Mags. And uh, and Doyle basically saved their asses from both D- the Dixie Mafia and from Mags. And uh, tells them, you know, next time you guys get an idea, talk to me about it first. Really establishing himself as, I'm definitely part of this criminal enterprise. In case it wasn't clear when I executed the two guys and I offered Raylan the deal, you know, hey, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours," uh, he says. "You know, involve me in the decisions as they come up later," um, which really, you know, clarifies that hey, this guy is part of this criminal enterprise.
3: Yeah, and can I just say that uh, Doyle would be the foil? There you go. There's another rhyme you, uh, <laughs> for Tom. or Tom, because I mean, I feel like yeah. Doyle was the guy you want pulling you over. But he's not the guy you want showing up at the call at two a.m. in the morning.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're as likely to get shot as the robber yeah. is if he knows the robber. You're yeah. That's, that's right. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right, and and the likelihood that Doyle ever pulls anyone over for any reason, mm-hmm. unless they're you know maybe a person of color, uh, yeah. is probably pretty small. <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh, uh, from there. We get uh, one more scene with Raylan and Ava. Uh, Raylan felt compelled to go back and tell Ava that uh, Boyd had nothing to do with the Oxybus robbery, which is nice of him to do. Um, But Raylan says, I still want you to throw Boyd out because he's Boyd Crowder, not because he committed this crime, but because he's Boyd Crowder. And uh, and they have a conversation about. Whether Boyd sincerely wants to change and Ava thinks he does. And Raylan says he might, but I get killed believing stuff like that. And Raylan knows what kind of guy Boyd is and what he's capable of. And he can't assume the best of Boyd at any point in time, because that lets his guard down and that makes him vulnerable to Boyd at any point in time. Um, and it, it gives an interesting kind of view into Raylan's motivation because it does, you know, a, as the season starts to go on a little bit and, and we see that Boyd is genuinely trying to not to fight the darkness, you know, the the darkness that's threatening to consume him. We see him genuinely trying to do it. Um, Raylan gives him no credit for that and continues to harass him basically constantly and uh and we see why we see why it is we understand Raylan's motivation for it it's not because he's living with Ava it's not because he's you know uh he wants to bother someone it's because ducks are going to quack and raylan thinks boyds a duck and he's going to quack at some point and so he's he's just going to be there waiting for him to quack and and I uh it's it's you know the it sets the stage for the rest of the series for sure for their conflict for the rest of the 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 remaining 5 seasons and uh it's sad at the same time right because they do you know have this respect or or affinity for each other at the end of it all
2: yeah well it also goes back to whether somebody can be rehabilitated or um, can get redemption. Can, can somebody who's done the things that he's, that Boyd's done get, can get redeemed? Yeah. Or I mean,
1: yeah, I, you know, it's, it's an interesting kind of perspective because the, what do you mean when you say redemption in the case of somebody like Boyd Crowder is, is it sufficient enough that Boyd doesn't commit any more crime? Probably not. Right, because of the stuff he's done and the stuff he never got punished for, um, he has uh, he, he's he got this hanging over him for the rest of his life. I'm not sure that redemption is possible, short of what Raylan suggested he do in uh in season one, right? Confess your crimes, you know, uh, uh, plead for forgiveness from, from God or whatever, or whoever. And uh, and and do your time, do your punishment. That would from Raylan's perspective, who's again, he's a cop, right? When you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So to him, he's like the only way you can be redeemed is by by the execution of justice on you, whatever that justice happens to be. Ride the rap. Everyone's got to ride the rap. That's exactly right
3: when you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. There's your Kentucky fried wisdom for, for next week or your, whatever, wherever you live, that that's that wisdom. I've never heard that. That's brilliant.
1: <laughs> I use it probably too much, but, but uh, thank you. I appreciate it. My wife, my wife would tell you, Oh, I've heard it once or
2: twice. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um, and so, so, Raylan and Ava then go on to have a kind of state of the union conversation about them. And, um, again, Raylan thinks everything's about him all the time, but in this case it's not. Uh, and, and the line she uses for him, which is just as cutting as the line that Winona uses on him earlier in the episode is you are choosing not to be part of my life. So you don't get a say in how I live it. And she's going to continue to let Boyd Crowder live there, and she's not going to have anything to do with Raylan. And she tells him the next time a bus gets robbed in Harlan, don't come to my house looking for me or for Boyd. And uh, that pretty much ends any relationship, uh, romantic relationship that Ava or Raylan was ever going that they were going to have together. Uh, but but the, the takeaway here, I think, is it's not about you, Raylan. Right. And and not everything is about you just because, you know, you're involved in some of these situations. It's not about you. And and he struggles with that concept. Well, why wouldn't he? Because uh, everything is about yeah. him. <laughs> He's like this is a TV show about me. Why, <laughs> yeah. why, wouldn't, why wouldn't this all be about me? <laughs> Um. So then we get our final scene of the episode, which is Boyd at the puddle in Cumberland, uh, attempting to drink alone uh, and failing miserably because Kyle comes in and wants to have a little bit of a conversation with him. So I'm going to play this, and then uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about this. I got a couple of, uh, of of points to make here. I think.
5: Bourbon, please. What does a man have to do to be quiet drink in these parts? Well, what do you know? Boy Crowder. Fancy that.
4: I'm sorry. What's your name? Carl. I thought I stated it rather politely the other day. I prefer to drink alone.
5: Well, you did. You did, And, and I respect that. I do, but, uh... Well, truth is, uh... I came here to offer you something. I should have come clean at the mine. I, I know who you are, Boyd Crowder. And, and, and I'm a great admirer of all that you've done. I mean, Crowder's commandos, shit. Brother, <laughs> well, you're a local legend. you popping off them Jews like you in, in a video game. i never killed any Jews, Kyle. In fact, I don't think I've ever met a Jew in my life. All I'm saying is that I understand who you are. You had a vision, and I have a vision. You and me, we we, we're the same. Don't know anything about me or why I have done the things that I have done in my life. Well, now hold on. Ain't no reason to get riled up. I kill people too, and I lost friends like you did out in the woods, but. Some sacrifices are necessary. Sometimes we are disposable. And men like you and me, you understand that.
1: Come on, crowd. Boy. So the first thing is, is that what being is, is what Boyd's experiencing? What being a celebrity is like? Like, just random jackass douchebags walking up to you in bars or restaurants or wherever you happen to be and being like, I know you. I loved you. I loved all your work. I love all the stuff you did. It's so awesome to be here with you. Blah, 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 blah. You're like, I just want to be left alone, please. And they just don't get the hint. They don't take it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. As a celebrity myself. I uh, Yes. Yes. Hollywood Randy. Yes i don't i uh it's just something that you have to deal with right it's the the cost of being uh having notoriety notoriety yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. and, and... <laughs> go ahead i was gonna say but for, for it's funny because he, boyd made this whole point about oh like his reality uh uh, the exaggeration of it is that this guy comes up to him and says, hey, you know, you were all killing all these people, uh, you know, pop, popping, popping off against, uh, you know, in this case, he says the Jews. But he, Boyd never says, oh, I never did any of that. You know, he uh, he says I, I, he didn't even know it. know what Jew,
1: right. Which which is, again, a railing givens quote, right? Because I believe yeah. in the first episode yeah. and asked him, Boyd, have you ever met a Jew?
2: exactly exactly so
1: so Raylan is uh is very very quotable in this episode by other characters um and and if if you want to appeal to boyd crowder uh using the phrase sometimes people are disposable is probably (laughs) not going to get you very far um because that's, that's one of the things that Boyd has deep, dark down in his soul, right? He knows that. He knows it's true. But he is trying with everything he has to fight against that person who this guy thinks he is. And he couldn't have said anything that would have turned Boyd, this Boyd, off more than sometimes people are disposable. Yeah. And it all culminates in this guy chasing Boyd out to his car and uh hectoring him outside the car window boyd then grabs him in a headlock and essentially drags him uh down the street uh screaming at him the whole way uh until he finally lets him go and before he lets him go he says something and i hadn't ever noticed this before i watched for this uh this episode or before i watched for this episode of the podcast he says do you want to meet You want to meet your maker, because if you do, I'll be right behind you. And that's right before he throws Kyle off uh, out of the car, right before he lets him go. And he's going like 40 miles an hour when he when he drops him off the car. And uh, I I think I don't know. This is just a a theory that I came up with as I was, you know, overanalyzing this. But was Boyd going to kill himself if Kyle was dead? If he looked back and Kyle wasn't moving and didn't get up, was Boyle Boyd going to then kill himself too?
2: Hmm. That's a good question. W- it's possible. I mean, he's we know this, he's in a really dark place. Yeah, right? he's in that. Yeah, he's in a, a very dark place, and the drinking and everything else. I mean, he got into he was he's been getting into fights. At least one that we know of. Yeah, uh, where he could just as easily have gotten knocked out and gotten killed also um yeah he might have a little bit of a death wish going on right now
1: yeah yeah i i just i just thought it was a really interesting kind of way to phrase it right you want to meet your maker because he says jesus christ he says oh you want to meet your maker you want to meet him because i'll be right behind you if you do and 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 then throws him out of the car and so i was like oh well that's interesting you'll be right behind him i think at a minimum if he had died boyd would have turned himself in I don't think he would have, you know, been on the run from the law. He would have, he would have owned up to his, to what happened and faced the, faced the rap, ride the rap, rode the rap, I guess. But I think he may have killed himself. He may have just taken his car and drove it into a tree or something. Yeah. Drove it off a cliff. Yeah. Mm. I think there's, there's an element of that in the uh, end of this episode. But, uh, but we do see Kyle stand up and, or, you know, at least get up to his knees and, boy drives away and uh and that's that's the end of the uh that's the end of the episode so um <clears throat> let's see i have our clip uh our food of the week clip which we didn't have much food this week so it's a beverage
4: God damn woman you only shoot people when
1: they're eating supper uh this week it's uh, bourbon uh unbranded bourbon consumed to excess in solitude <laughs> that's, that's the yeah, that's the, the food of the week but uh, uh, we have one more segment here but before we get to that any other uh, any other thoughts on the uh, on the episode or, or anything I, I failed to mention that you guys thought was important or interesting or funny or anything?
3: Well you know I'm having a oh. bourbon right now <laughs> Oh excellent way yeah I thought what better way? To to do this podcast and go through two fingers of bourbon while I'm doing it, so yeah, I've got a, it. Might as well be unnamed. It's not creek. It's not anything fancy, but it is very good. And uh, yeah, so I'm I'm a couple fingers in right now.
1: <laughs> Excellent. I, you, uh... Uh, I'm saving my bourbon for next next season. So I, uh, <laughs> uh, this this season is moonshine. I, I uh, I'm still waiting on my my second version. So. But uh, sorry, go ahead, I,
2: Randy. Oh, I just said I had a note here about uh, about the bus and how that guy got uh, the bus driver got uh, shot because somebody made a comment. Oh, you know, use your legs to lift. I was just thinking uh, it just <laughs> goes back to that uh, the Pulp Fiction scene where uh, where <laughs> where uh, Jules and uh, is uh, in the in the back seat of the car and the line yeah. he has is. Oh, Oh. why am I on brain detail cleaning the back? You, the the motherfucker, should
1: be on brain detail. (laughs) We fucking (laughs) switching.
2: Just uh, because that that is the time. My fingers
1: touch brain. I'm Superfly TNT. I'm (laughs) the guns of the Navarro.
2: Oh, I, love that I remember seeing, uh, like, a uh, uh, reading an article or something like that about the uh, there is a job of people do clean up crime scenes. Oh so, yeah, you know, yeah. So it yeah. pays really well too, actually. <laughs> I would imagine it does.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty horrible.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, anyway, that just that was the note that I had that uh, we kind of skipped over when we were going through the episode, but yeah. So all right.
1: All right. Well, uh, if there's nothing else, then we'll get to our final segment, which is: Are you going to shoot him too, Raylan? I was telling my friends this morning how yesterday he came to me and, if "You don't get out of town in 24 hours. I'm going to shoot you on sight."
4: Fire! Are you going to shoot him if you catch him?
0: Don't you understand? I don't pull my sidearm
2: unless I'm going to shoot to kill. <laughs> and this week on, are you going to shoot him too, Raylan? Uh, we have uh, Rayland who actually did shoot his gun but did not shoot anybody. He uh, he uh, returned fire after being fired upon in the uh, the whorehouse trailer um with uh with Dewey and, and the two ladies in the uh, in the trailer. Um Boyd didn't tr- boy didn't kill anyone either. He did drag that man with a truck and he could have killed yep. him. Yeah. Um so there's that. And then, uh, well, I guess he those two, uh, the two uh, uh, thugs from uh, from Crowder's Commandos did get killed by Doyle. So there's that, and uh, so that's two bodies on him that we know of so far. But I would imagine it's more than that. Over the the tally's more than that um, over the years that he's been uh, he's been running been sheriff covering up these murderers for sure <laughs> he outright murdered these guys that's great. oh
1: and just a cold blood executed them right yeah. there yeah I mean, it's yeah it's it's even for justified again much like last week right it's a little dark that that, yeah. al- that element of the episode so. yeah well to lighten that
3: up can we talk about what that camper was made out of and how many bullets <laughs> that it took before they never went through. I'm going to assume that these guys are
4: shooting
1: FMJs because they're not rich
3: men. You know, they can't afford all of yeah.
1: So yeah. they're shooting no, FMJs. Right. Yeah.
3: And and the hallmark of FMJs are over penetration. And that yeah. took fifteen shots with Raylan's head literally right right behind it. Right
2: behind one. it. Yeah.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right.
1: <laughs> they're gonna go through that go through somebody and go through the other side. Oh, and go through the
3: other FNJ. side. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: That's true. He uh and he and he was right his head was right there, right? And he right. rolled out and yeah so he, he which is well, one of the
3: things they teach you not to do, right, is to never hug a wall because yeah. of penetration you were you're supposed to keep a body's width between you and the wall, yeah, at all yeah. times, yeah,
1: and- yeah, and uh um what's uh, uh we 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 know that the bad guys in in justify tend to have stormtrooper aim right i mean that's <laughs> that's that's, so that's absolutely been the yeah. case throughout the uh throughout the the series so far and it doesn't get any better there's one exception to that rule uh coming up in season 6 but but uh, generally speaking they all have stormtrooper aim so um except for a uh, boyd boyd but Boyd doesn't fire indiscriminately. Yeah. <laughs> he, no. <laughs> he, I mean, does, he does not. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, uh, so I didn't notice. Did uh, Randy, maybe you did. Did, did Doyle have a uh, what kind of pistol did Doyle carry? Was it a revolver? I think it, it was, was a revolver. Revol- yeah, I thought so. Yeah, it was like an old yeah. school cop
2: issue revolver. Yeah, like a Colt Python or something like that. It, uh he uh, yeah. He, I mean, it, it, that's like a, a cowboy thing, right? Like uh, Kentucky and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. But most of the well, you most know, law enforcement nowadays, they don't carry revolvers, as far as I know. But no, but it's I'm cheaper.
3: Sorry. Well, it's cheaper, and I, maybe were you guys the ones that I learned this from? I, I don't know if you were or not, but it's cheaper from an effects standpoint for a character to carry a revolver because of the action is not dependent upon the gas and the shell to blow the, the thing back. And so those like blank rounds for pistols are really expensive, uh, especially ones that have the the gas in them to blow the, the uh, slide back and, and lock it back into place and chamber another round. But a pistol, the action is cyclical, so there's no need to worry about that. So it's cheaper from a special effects or prop standpoint for, and there's my boring lesson for the week.
1: No, oh, that's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> that's I, I really you did you did not learn that from us because I just learned it from you. Yeah, and and that makes a ton of sense, right? You can shoot, you can pull the trigger on that revolver six times, and yep. they can add the sound effects in post. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you aren't able to do that with a slide action because it's going to lock. It costs
3: a lot of money. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. The bullets yeah. cost okay. a lot of money, and they're more they're dangerous to you know, which that's what killed. Brandon. Lee,
2: right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's right. That, that, uh, yeah, yeah. that's right. Cause he thought it yep. was, uh, it, it was a prop gun was, or not a prop yes. gun, but well, it wasn't it was, a prop gun. gun it was, it was, what it was, was, was to blanks. Blank. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: Yep.
4: And, even and the, the thing blanks, about it is
3: the primer can even shoot out with blanks. Yes. The primer can even shoot out with enough force to kill somebody. If you have the enough powder in there to cycle the round.
1: Oh wow, that's good. Wow, yeah, that's that's a really good uh, good factoid. I like that. I love learning about uh, gun stuff in this show, especially. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think that uh, that that about does it. So that means it's time for the plugs. Uh, so you know, you everybody can turn it off now, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, but you can find uh, us on groundless podcast on reddit uh groundless podcast on twitter groundless podcast on instagram uh as randy likes to mention our only fans we don't have any content up there yet <laughs> we've got we've got some thoughts Got some thoughts about content. Uh, you can find the podcast anywhere podcasts are available, including all of the weird changes that Google and Apple and Amazon have put in place. I've been keeping up with all those. So you can download us uh, there. Please give us a uh, five-star rating and uh, leave a written review if you would. That'd be wonderful. It helps other people find the podcast. Um, and uh, how, how about you, Travis? Do you have anything to plug? Anything you want to uh, to get a shout out to?
3: Man, um, you can find me on Twitter at tstyles77. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Snapchat on the same thing. Uh, I am on Facebook. I probably won't accept your Facebook friend request, but I am a, I'm a follower, a follow back guy on, on Twitter for sure, especially if you love the show. Uh, and then we'll not, we discussed it earlier, give you my Reddit username. <laughs> but, nope. Nope. Uh, uh, other than that, um, I have a YouTube channel that's actually hasn't had any content on it for a while now, but my brothers and I do a, did a YouTube channel called waiting for ulcers where we tried hot things and reviewed spicy products. <laughs> so okay. if you want to see un- us, my alley. yeah, I was going to say, if you want to see us do some dumb stuff, you, uh, you head to YouTube and look up waiting for ulcers and that that's us waiting so, for ulcers yep right.
2: <laughs>
3: try to get what's the, the
2: blood-based and sweaty yeah what's, yes. what's the hottest pepper that you've got you guys have gotten uh, so have tried? i i've eaten a carolina reaper plane uh before
3: not on the not on the channel but just sitting at the house and i'm one of those guys that does it because i like to try the stuff uh, but we did a the spicy the death nut challenge uh, on air and it was 13 million on the Scoville scale and the Scoville scale tops out at 16 million. You can't get it out at 16. Uh, so we did that uh, and then we did something called the Devil's Toe, I believe, which was a sucker that was 9 million on the Scoville scale and you had to leave it in your mouth for oh 5 God. minutes. And if oh, you want to see a funny video, I recommend you... I, I complete, Spoiler alert, I completed the challenge. My brother couldn't. He lasted about two minutes, but I made it the full five minutes and I completed the death nut challenge as well. Uh, I just, I have a, I have a knack for hot stuff. <laughs> so, but we, wow. we have a blast, man, but yeah, Carolina Reaper would be the hottest one that I've had. I uh, I made my own hot sauce there for a while. I'll, uh, yeah. I'll ramp that back up again when COVID, you know, finally takes a back seat to every hometown festival in America. Uh, and then i'll mail you guys a bottle of whatever you want i have i've have stuff that runs the gamut from uh uh very mild to blow your brains out hot so
2: <laughs> i love it i love it i've had the hottest i've had is uh it was carolina reaper but not like you know just the reaper it was like in barbecue sauce somebody put that yeah that was yeah. like it was good it was good it was uh it was spicy but it was good for me but yeah. So I, I have like a it. freezer
3: full of about 250, 300 Carolina Reapers from last season. And then I have a guy who grew more for me this year that I'm going out to pick sometime this week. And I'll probably pull four or 500 off this guy's bushes. So I have more Carolina Reapers than
1: anyone should
3: ever have in their entire life. <laughs> it's <a> lifetime supply. <laughs> yeah. I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Wow. So. I, I know that this is like an in, insanely popular thing right now on TikTok, right? Like people eating hot peppers and doing stuff with hot peppers. I, I uh, check out uh, check out the uh, Waiting for Ulcers channel on YouTube if you get a chance. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go check it out myself yeah, and uh, out. and T Styles <laughs> T Styles seventy seven on Twitter. And I would That's recommend it. to you, Travis, that uh, you might want to get a, a TikTok account. And the kid, the kids might be uh, might I be interesting. In seeing- <laughs> Oh, you refuse! Okay.
3: Refuse to do TikTok. Like they got me on Snapchat. They got me on Snapchat, and I—I'm sorry. I'm yelling. I, my wife's going to come back here and say what they get you—what they get you riled up about. But uh, no TikTok, man. It's God, I will not join TikTok. I won't do it. I'm, I'm, this is the hill that I'll die on. That's TikTok. of all the social media platforms, that's one. I have it's, been it's in worried. a couple. Of, the line. Yeah, I've been in a couple of student TikToks. Uh, but no, I just, I can't, I just, oh, I refuse. I just refuse. I want it to die. When Trump was supposed to ban it, I was so excited. I thought, hey, we're going to win one. (laughs) And then it didn't happen. (laughs) I just thought, oh, well, you know, the Chinese have won again. So. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) But I will (laughs) say this. I hate to, you know, I don't want to latch on, but if you do have trouble with guest stars, guys, I seriously, I love the show. Uh, and I love this podcast and I will come back and and guest anytime, but we do need to talk about the fact that, uh, the, uh, the dad, Ray, uh, why am I blanking on his last name? The actor's name, uh, knows Uh, about your podcast now. Uh, dad. So Ray. Yeah. Ray Berry. Ray yeah. Berry, yeah. I talked to Ray on the phone, which is I I you may have to add this in at a later time, and I'm I'm sorry, but um I have a my wife has a has a friend who has a twin brother and he opened up a painting one night. We were looking at this painting, and I said, Man, that guy looks familiar. And he said, Yeah, do you know the TV show Justified? And I'm like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he says, Well, this guy's name is Ray Barry, and he's my friend. We we talk all the time. I you know, and I just said, Bullshit don't, don't play, you know, let's not, you know. And so he goes, hang on just a second. And he gets a guy on the phone. And the next thing I know, I'm talking to Ray Barry on the phone. And I, you know, it's one of those things where you can't fake that voice. So, you know, his voice is unmistakable. And we talked for about 30 minutes about everything. I told him about your podcast I said, "There's guys out there doing the doing the show just right." He said that Tim uh, and Erica and Natalie and and uh, all the other people were fantastic to to work with on the show, but really, you know, that's not his crowning achievement you know the thing that people ask him to quote the most is of course the wrong kid during died yes wrong kid died and so that's what he he did that three or four times during the, the wrong kid died and i just thought man i that's cool but i don't care about doing cox i you know you're you're in the show that i love you know yeah so.
1: i i appreciate that ray but can you say bullshit yeah. for me please <laughs> exactly
3: <laughs> <laughs> well and he has an autobiography that he just wrote, um, his memoirs, and I got it off Amazon, and God, I hope he's not listening. I don't think he will be, but there's a typo on the back cover, and I just, I <laughs> thought, oh God, I can't, I can't get into a book that has a typo on the back cover. So I'm going to try to read it. but the you know, English teacher in you just won't yes. let you do it. Yeah, I was watching Training Day the other day, and he was in Training Day. It was a super small part, but he's in Training Day. He plays one of the officers or a lawyer or something like that uh, when they have the meeting at the table in the restaurant. Yeah, I couldn't believe it, but he's very uh, lucrative, or not lucrative. I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but he's prolific. uh, Prolific, that's exactly right. He's very prolific, a lot of uh, of, uh, stand-in roles, so for sure.
1: But yeah, I mean was I mean, on a show <laughs> on a show full of fantastic actors, one of the more fantastic of them all, I mean, he's yeah. great. I, I put him right up there with Margot Martindale mm-hmm. um, as far as quality and, and playing the character he's playing is not an easy thing to do. Nope. I mean, it's not easy to play. Somebody as uh, scummy and nuanced as
2: Arlo Kevin. Yes, <laughs> yeah, so. And yeah. he's, he's know, scummy and but he's also watchable also right he's scummy yeah. but you yeah so yeah yeah
1: you don't hate him right you should yeah. Yeah. but you yeah. don't yeah, yeah. it's it, and and that's probably because Ray Berry's playing him just the right way mm-hmm. so and the right I mean the writers get a ton of credit for that too of course yeah, absolutely you know. so well right. he knows about well, you well, now
3: think... he knows about your podcast
1: well that's uh, <laughs> that's fantastic if you're listening Ray. Let us know if you want to be a guest, groundlesspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to have you on the show. So there you go. Uh, I'm sure he listened all the way to the end of this episode. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, you know what I'll do? And I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'll text the—I'll text my buddy, you know, my, my wife's uh, sister or my wife's friend's brother. I'll text him and I'll just say, hey, listen, if you ever get the chance to drop him a line, uh, cause I think they talk on the phone pretty regularly. Why? I don't know, but I'll see what I can do. I'll see if I can get him in here.
1: That'd be great. Yeah. I'd love to have him. All right. Well, there we go. So that's, uh, that's season one ep- or season two, episode three, the eye of the storm. And, uh, uh, we'll be back probably in two weeks with a, uh, with a new episode. This one, we get a little bit of backstory on Rachel uh which will be uh which will be good uh because she's uh, another fantastic actress who who uh doesn't get enough screen time much like uh much like Tim so uh it'll be good to get a little bit of her in the next next episode and does't the uh, next episode
3: until... feature the late Chadwick Boseman?
1: yes the next episode does indeed yes, feature does. the late yep. Chadwick Boseman. Yep. yes it does wow that's right I forgot about that as well so Uh, yeah, I, I, I completely forgot about that. So that's, uh, that's really good. All right. Well, join us next, next time for, uh, for that episode and, uh, Travis, thank you for, uh, for joining us and appreciate the offer to come back. We'll, we'll definitely have you back and, uh, yeah, until next time, we'll see you soon.